Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Welcome to another podcast of Power Talk with Pastor Paul Chicago and Reverend Matthew DeLeon. How are you doing this morning, my pastor? Doing good, Matthew. Good, good, good. How's the weather been treating you? Uh, it's it's up and down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's up and down. It's too cold one day and it's nice and warm the next. I'm telling you now, it's nice right now. I know. It's really nice. You know, I was thinking before we get into the topic, Pastor, I heard something about some prophets. Some prophets have actually stepped down as of because their prophet prophetic message about Trump yes. didn't come to pass. Yeah, that's good. I'm, well, I guess glad I hadn't heard that, but uh, yeah. I do know that that has happened because so many people have blasted and put prophets on blast, I should say. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. again, let me explain this. I think I explained it in one of the previous podcasts, uh, and I did my own research on that. Yeah. There, there are several components that go into these so-called prophecies. Yes. And a lot of people hang off the one passage of scripture. I believe it was in Deuteronomy where Moses basically said, "Well, you'll know a prophet if its prophecy comes." It to is pass. Deuteronomy. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, first of all, there's a whole lot of problems with that because we got to mm. look at the context in which Moses was giving that prophecy. Right. But we don't. We like to take verses and like the, we like to bring them up in pieces. I know mm. because like whenever I talk with people, we bring out that one idle ver one random verse. Yeah. That really does fit the conversation, mm -hmm. but if you go back and look at the verse, in the context of which it was written yes. and said, yes. it actually makes no sense the way we use it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of, I mean, one that I can think of is like in, I think, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, where it says, in the last days there'll be this great falling away. Yeah. But if you read in it's all of its context, Paul was just saying that for the people of God in that chapter, mm -hmm. and I might have people that are going to disagree here. Again, I, I, I only give the disclaimer that it's I might very well be misinterpreting it. But when right. you really read it in the context of what Paul was trying to say, yeah, he was basically saying is that look, don't worry mm -hmm. if somebody has told you that the Lord has returned. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. He right. says, because I tell you, if you didn't hear it from me, it hasn't happened. In other words, I'm still alive. Right. He says, but this is how you'll know that it did happen. Mm -hmm. And he goes, then you did miss it. Right. Is if the, you see the great falling away and the son of perdition revealed. So first, he goes, then you know you've missed it because you're there in the tribulation, basically, is what he's saying. Right, right, right. And so a lot of people don't read it in its full context. Paul was just trying to comfort the people because they were being told that the Christ had come and that the return had already showed and up. That's and, scary. And that's scary. And it scared them because the Jews were hanging on the government that Jesus was supposed to establish, or the right. Messiah, I should right, say. Right, right, right. And... Paul was basically saying, look, it has not yet happened. Mm. And he goes, trust me, if you hear it from anyone other than me, you're okay. Right. It's okay. Don't. In other words, don't worry about this thing. Yeah. He goes, this is how you'll know if he's come, right. if it's already happened, is if mm -hmm. you see the great falling away first, the falling away yeah. and the son of perdition revealed. You see, when people read it in that context, it takes on a whole new meaning. Right. We always assume that there's going to be a great falling away, but we never quote the whole scripture. Right. It says, unless you first see this great fall, uh, unless you, 
unless the great falling away and mm-hmm. the son of perdition be revealed first. Right, right, right. Well, he's using the falling away and the son of perdition in the same context. Right. Well, we're not going to see the son of perdition if we believe in the rapture. Right. So that's what he's talking about. We only quote half that verse. So we always quote it out of context. So we are always believing. And of course, if you look around the world right now, right. and I know we got to get back to the prophet thing, and I will. Yeah. But it's it's simply to prove the point is that if you read it in that context and you stop halfway on that scripture, here's I what see, happens. I see what you're saying. You think that, okay, the world we live in is falling away from God right now. Right. Well, we, they are falling away. Right. And we're assuming that's the great falling away. Right. But that's not what Paul was talking about. Right. But we use that for our end time scripture to show everybody that, look, that before the Lord returns, there's going to be this great massive falling right. away right. of right. people giving up on God. Uh, no, sin will increase, but that doesn't mean there's going to be this great falling away. The great falling away is that after the church is gone, nobody is serving God. Okay. There's this huge falling away from God. So that's what I believe he's saying. Yeah. There's going to be a falling away and a turning to this son of perdition or the Antichrist. And that's great clarity. Yes. That's great clarity to that scripture. Yes. So going back to the prophets, Moses was speaking in a context of, look, there's a lot of prophets. If you're just wanting to judge who it is, he's not making this a big deal. Right. We, in today's vernacular, and in the way we contextualize it, right. we try to make this thing a big deal. Right. Moses was just saying that, look, God called me to be your prophet. Right. But if you want to find out if there's other prophets, because the people were trying to find a way to move away from Moses. Right. And we see this in several different occasions. Yes, One, 25,000 of them rose up against right. uh, Moses. Mm-hmm. And so Moses is saying, well, look, if you want to know if they're of God, then let's just see if their prophecy comes true. That's, That's right. all this was. Right. This was not a. Uh, this was not an uh, apology mm-hmm. or an apologet uh, an apologetical or human hermeneutical right. mm-hmm. uh, source to determine whether or not a prophet is truly a prophet. Right. So why do I say this? Mm-hmm. Because when you go look up what a true false prophet is in Scripture, and there I found is. many there of these all throughout Scripture, and every one of them have to do with individuals mm-hmm. who have a hidden motive right. or hidden agenda. Right. We see that through scripture. Yes. They're prophesying for their own greater good mm-hmm. or for their own selfishness. Right. And they don't they're doing it knowing that they can control people or manipulate them with their words. Right. Well, a true prophet is going to miss it once in a while. That's right. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So so to use Moses's words as if that's the way to judge a true prophet. And this is why I say for prophets, mm-hmm. and I know not many are going to hear me because of the fact that we're not big, big very big yet, but I'm right. going to tell you right now, if you're a person who knows people that have the prophetic unction and the prophetic gift, maybe a prophet themselves, give them this mm-hmm. because they need to understand that does not make you, that doesn't alleviate or deny that you're not a prophet. Right. Or that you don't have the prophet, prophetic gift. Right. Because there's a couple of components involved in prophecy. Right. One, when the prophecy is give, given, it's conditional that the people will apply the principles that the prophet gives. We see this in Second Chronicles 7.14. We see it with Moses. If, if, yeah. If, if my people who are called by my name. Well, that was a prophecy given through a man. Right. So, but yet we all attribute it to God. Mm-hmm. But that's the way all prophecy is. Right. If you do something with it. Moses right. prophesied they were all going to enter into the promised land. Did they? 
No. No, they did not. It was conditional. That generation did not get to see the promised land. In fact, Moses was even shown and told about the promised land, and Moses himself didn't get to enter in. He got to see it from afar, and that was it. Wow. My point is, is that... God will give a prophetic word, but remember, we have to live righteous along the way. We It's still conditional based on the life that we choose to live, even after we get that prophecy. So some of these prophets took it to, they put that burden on themselves. They've put a burden on themselves, and so is the world. The, the world doesn't know what a false prophet is, so why am I going to listen to worldly people because they slam me and say, oh, you're a false prophet now, because right. you were wrong on the whole election, because you were wrong on this or that. Don't listen to them. At. The world doesn't know the word of God. If they knew the word of God, this would not be an issue. Right. They don't know the word of God. If they, if they knew the word of God, they'd be called the That's ministry. So That's so good. The prophet, I'm telling you prophet, or those who work in the prophetic gifts, because I work in the prophetic gifts, there have been some things I've prophesied over people personally. Mm -hmm. They have hit right on the mark. There's been a handful of things that didn't come to pass. And I know those people are wondering why, but I know their lifestyle. Mm. They did not follow in the ways of God. So those things can't be produced. Those are God's blessings to man if he'll choose to walk in that way when that prophetic utterance Obedience. comes. Mm -hmm. Obedience. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is this, is that so I feel sorry for a lot of true prophets that are giving up. The Not art. necessarily on God, but they're giving up on that prophetic mantle. They walked away from their ministries. They've walked away from their ministries. And I'm going to tell you. Do not walk away. Mm -hmm. If you're a false prophet and you know it because right. you have hidden agendas and evil right. intentions behind every word you speak and it's to manipulate and right. control people, well then by all means, you should have never been in ministry anyway and you mm -hmm. weren't called. But if you have a heart for God, yes. it burns for God. You yes. want to be obedient. You yes. have the conviction in your life. You care about souls and you care about hearing from God's voice to help the body the body of Christ. Like Ephesians chapter yeah. 4 verse 11 says, to bring us all into that unity, right. to help us to grow. Then that's a heart for God. You're still a prophet. Right. Get it in your heart right now. This man that you do not know, mm -hmm. you don't know Paul Chicago, but mm -hmm. Paul Chicago knows this word. Come on. You are a prophet. And so this is vital and important mm -hmm. that the prophets don't walk away because mm -hmm. we still need their truths in their right. word. Right. And you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody right now, too. I believe so. And I believe that he's, there's, there's even somebody listening that knows somebody that's struggling because they work in that prophetic gift. Right. And you've seen them kind of clam up. They're right. shutting down a little bit. Right. And you know why? Because they, they, everything that they believed that they'd seen in the Spirit, things that God had shared with them, yes. it didn't come to pass this past year. Yeah. And I believe that they're, they're, they're kind of like questioning questioning themselves go give them this word mm. tell them to listen to this this podcast wow this will help them get back on track and get their life back in order before they end up hurting themselves spiritually right because there's a calling on their life there's a calling in fact give me a call Call me. Right. I will help you right. because the truth is, this is extremely important. And I don't know everything. So mm. I'm not, a, I know this though. This I know because God showed me specifically because I asked him and the Lord began to show me go look up what a false prophet is before mm. you make a determination. Yeah. Go look at the prophecies that were given that still they didn't come to pass for people. And the first one he talked to me about was the very one who said, Right. That you'll know a prophet is if his prophecy comes true. Well, right then Moses, by all means, was not a true prophet. Right. Because his prophecy didn't come to true pass for that generation that exactly. he spoke to. Exactly. It didn't come to pass for himself. Right. No, he was a true prophet, and everybody knows he was. Second mm -hmm. uh, Chronicles 7.14 was the greatest, was the was the pivotal scripture that God gave so me good. when he said, if, 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 mm -hmm. if, if, if. It's right. all ifs. Right. Why? 
Because we've got to understand that God is not obligated to fulfill his word in our lives if we're not going to obligate ourselves to be obedient to him. Come on, Pastor. Plain and simple. Come on. That's a quote. Right. He's not obligated. And I'm telling you, I, I am just so confident in this because I see the body of Christ diminishing because the people of God are telling the ministers of God right. how the word of God should work. And they don't know nothing. It is like the enemy to try to silence the voice of the prophet. He's been doing it since Elijah's time. And before that time, mm -hmm. trying to silence the voice of the prophet. Yes. Do Jezebels and do different things of that nature. Here is now through condemnation because yep. a prophet didn't come to pass. Yes. A prophecy didn't come to pass. Every major prophet in the Old Testament and minor prophet, do you realize that many of their prophecies have yet to come to pass? Isaiah's. Uh, Isaiah came to pass, but, right. but the problem is it was it was hundreds of years later. Yes. So is he a false prophet because it didn't happen tomorrow, no. yesterday? No. No, because sometimes what a prophet does, and again, and I know we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. and I don't want to go back into it too much, uh, but remember, mm -hmm. they talk in pieces and they talk in part. Mm -hmm. They prophesy in part and they speak in part. Yeah. Basically what that means is that the what they're seeing and what they're hearing from God a lot of times mm -hmm. is jumbled up. And you say, well, is that God confusing them? No. No. What it is is it's God sometimes showing in the present as mm -hmm. well as the uh, as well as the past and the future. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he gives us the ability to begin to interpret it. That's it. And it takes time to interpret it or for it to come to pass. Because yeah. if we knew it all, you know, again, this is the simplest way to put it. How many people would serve God at the very last minute if they knew? Or give their lives they to would. God they if would. they knew the exact day that he was going they to would. return? They would. They would wait till the very last minute. They would live it up. They would do the most heinous sin. And then one minute before he shows up, they would get on their knees and say, God, I repent. That's and right. this is why God doesn't rarely gives us the full interpretation details. in details before it actually happens. Right. A great example is the end times. Mm -hmm. How many Bible scholars do we have trying to interpret these prophetic words? Mm -hmm. They've been trying to interpret it for hundreds of years. Right. Well, actually, since Jesus' time, they started right. trying to interpret it. Right. The reason is, is because it's not made for us to understand every detail. And many right. of the best scholars, even the very best, mm -hmm. they may get 90% of all of this prophetic stuff right mm -hmm. before the Lord returns. But there's still 10% in there that they don't know. And mm -hmm. one them is they don't know when his return is right they only know a gist or the roundabout right. the season we may know right but we don't know the day or exactly. the hour exactly because even and it might actually be in scripture believe it or not right but god's not going to allow us to see it because that's not meant for us to see wow wow and everything like you're saying is conditional yes because it, like you're saying just a moment ago if we choose to live unrighteously mm-hmm and because we know the date, yes, God. That's why He's withholding it, man. God in Genesis, I read today that God knows the intent of man's heart, and yes. it's always wicked. Yeah, always, always wicked. How many times do we get something good from God, and then we get lazy? Yes. How many times has God put something in our heart, and then we just kind of walk away, waiting for Him to do it? Right. No. Usually, when He tells us something, we actually have a greater work to do. Yes. But I know a lot of people; they get mentally and emotionally lazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they stop pursuing that thing because now they're just believing by faith. Just wait, standing in a corner, sitting in a corner just for it to happen. Right. When James tells us faith without works is dead. Mm. You know what gives you your faith mm. is when God gives you a word. That means yeah. when God gives you that word, you should go to work. You shouldn't sit. Hmm. That is so good. 
And this is what a lot of people do. They kind of get spiritually, emotionally, and mentally lazy the moment they get a strong word and they just sit around. Okay, God's going to do it. God said so. God said so. Yeah, but maybe there's a part in there that you're supposed to do now. Right. What, what part is that? And right. What part is it that you're not, not to make God's, make the, make it work, so to speak, but that you can work it by faith. Yes. Because that says, I'm putting my faith in action. Yes. God now has given me a mandate and I know that if I do what I'm supposed to do. Right. If I will do what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm following God's directed, if I'm obedient in this moment, if I do mm. the work that He's called me to do, it will come to pass. Which takes away us to launch out. You yes. press on. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second, Let's Pastor. Do it. Talk about pressing on in a moment that you just feel completely defeated right now. As if yes. you're if you're hearing this as a prophet or working in that gift, God's telling you to launch out. Uh, could you read that passage of scripture that we that I because I spoke on this this past Sunday? Yeah, it's in Luke chapter eight. Yeah, could you read that? Yes, let me get to that because I think it's important to first to have some context here. I love it. Luke chapter eight is talking about the disciples um, going on a boat. Yeah, you can hear my pages turning here. It may have been taken out of your Bible. I think it is because it's taking <laughs> me quite long. <laughs> it's Luke chapter eight. Verses 22 to 25. It goes on to say, One day Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. And they sailed across Jesus, settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came on the lake. The boat was filled with water and they were in real danger. The disciples woke up Jesus, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and and all was calm. Then he said to them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked, who gives the command to even the winds and the waves who obey him? Yeah. So here we are. We've, we've got to understand it. Life in itself is going to have some risks. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to understand all kinds of good things had happened prior to Jesus setting out on the water. Yes. If you look, he'd given some parables. A lot of people were getting ministered to. There was he some healings. People. He fed some people. Some miracles had taken place. And then all of a sudden, he tells the disciples, hey, let's get off of the shore where all these good stuff is happening. Let's go out in the boat. Yes. Well, why? Because even before they got in the boat, it looked good. Yes, it did. But little did they know that there was going to be a storm that was going to rise. Yes. So I'm not saying that Jesus headed into the storm. Right. But what I am saying is is that, it, that there was no risk where they were at currently. Mm. The real risk was in the boat. Right. They didn't know it yet. Right. But the real risk was was getting to this other place that he wanted to go. Mm. You see, launching, this is what it requires for That's us good. to launch out, is that we've got to take those initial steps to say, hey, it looks great. Look, if God ever showed you an ugly picture of a vision, you would we, never even set foot. We wouldn't do it. You would only set foot into something that's like, okay, it looks a little dangerous, but at least it's smooth selling. Yes. At least it's good. it looks good. At least Jesus is with us, yes. so to speak, in the boat. Yes. Whenever God shows you a vision he or, or puts something in your heart, so to speak, to pursue, right? he never shows you the, the, the ugliness of it along the way. Right. He only shows you the good part. Yeah. Think about it. I, you know, I remember when I was called to ministry, 
I seen myself ministering and thousands of people getting saved and miracles mm-hmm. and all these changes in this full. I seen the good part. Mm. What I didn't see was the storms that would arise once I chose to get in yeah. that boat. Once yeah. I chose to launch out. Right. And that's what God doesn't show us. And why is that? One, none of us would ever pursue it because we don't realize, we don't really know how bad the storm is going to be when yeah. we get out there. Yeah. We only see the end result. This is why right. John Maxwell for years, he says, don't, don't overestimate the event and underestimate the process. That's a message. That's a message. I'm telling you, you, you know how many that. people don't think about the process? We only think about the event. In other words, we 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 put ourselves mentally and emotionally yes, yes, yes. in the picture of the good part. Yes. Saving people. Yes. Healings taking place. Deliverances of devils coming. Uh, right, right, right. That's easy to place my ment- in a mental picture there because right. that's exciting. Right. But, oh, you're going to tell me that it's going to require me... To struggle financially a little bit for a while. Bills. Uh, to, to fix, yeah, some bills that I'm going to have a hard time. Better yet, trying to find helpers and serve, people to help serve yes. in the ministry. Yes. Uh, you mean to find people that are going to be faithful without giving me problems and headaches along the way? Oh, That's no. Good. That's good. Oh, you see, you see, who would launch out into that? Right. I don't know anybody in their right mind would say, hey, that looks fun. Right. Are you kidding? That looks dangerous. Exactly. Because people will eat you alive once you get out there. And we've already experienced rejection on many different levels. We talked about it last week in our podcast, but just in church and and as the flock you've had under you, you've experienced heartache on several different levels. Yes. But you still, I mean, had you seen that prior to launching out, would you have done it? I mean, those like you're just saying right now. Say it. You know, you you know, you, 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 it's the truth. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it because right. there, there's nothing fun about it. But look, right. we've all dealt with personal problems in our lives. So we already know that that kind of stuff is no fun. Right. But now I'm going to enter into ministry or I'm going to enter into a business endeavor. Or I'm going mm-hmm. to enter into a family and get married. There, there's all different ways this launch could take place. Exactly. And now you're going to show me the bad stuff too? Right. What? Right. You know what? That's that's not something. Well, look, I've already participated in bad things in my life. Why right. would I want to? And that's why people won't take the risk. Right. And I get it because it's very risky to put yourself in a position that one, you'll feel vulnerable. Yes. One, that you're uncertain that you can take care of it. Yes. Uh, number two is if it's going to be too overwhelming emotionally Come and on. spiritually that Come you on. feel like that you can't recover. Come on. A lot of people don't recover from bad situations. Come on, on, Pastor. That's why God only sends the strong out in the boat to begin with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people are better off on shore Mm -hmm. and let the people like us go ahead and launch out for them. Right. Um, And God knew that the disciples had it in them. They Mm -hmm. just didn't know it yet. Exactly. This is why you got to understand that even when God sends you out, I mean, Mm -hmm. think about it. Jesus fell asleep in a boat during Mm -hmm. the middle of a storm. First of all, Jesus is with you. Right. Come on. He's going to be with you. Come on. But when you're relying on Jesus to do something that he gave you the faith to do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's with you, yes, but he wants you to activate your faith. Exactly. That's why at the end, after he calmed the wind and rain, he looked at the guys and he goes, where is your faith? Exactly. I'm with you. Right. Lo, Lo and behold, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. But where is your faith? Exactly. You had a message. Authority, the highest level of faith. Yes, authority is the highest level of faith. If you look in scripture, uh, when you get to a place where you actually have the kind of authority that Jesus did, what did he do? It says that even they it says they were afraid and they marveled. In other mm. words, they were in complete awe. Come on. They were completely awestruck that actually elements come on. Literally 
un, unseen elements. Right. Look, you can't see the wind, even though you can see the effects of the wind, right? Right. right. Sure, they could see the wind. They could see the effects of it. In mm -hmm. other words, because their clothes were blowing, the winds and the waves were uh, the waves were yes. high. Yes. Uh, there was so they saw the effects of the wind. So they're like, how do you control something that we can't see, even though we can see its effect? I didn't, right. We know that you can heal people, Jesus, but now you can even control, control the winds, the and, winds and, and the, the rains and the wave. What? That was a completely different thing for them. So my point is, is that that's Jesus did it, and it says they were afraid and they marveled. Why? Because they didn't just see faith in action. They saw the highest level, level of, faith. of authority. He mm -hmm. spoke to it, and it was a level of authority. Remember, authority doesn't come by believing. Faith does. Authority comes by speaking. Mm. When you have the kind of faith in your authority, in that authority that God's given you, you begin to speak it. Come on. Very few people live by authority. Right. They have faith. Oh God! And it, well, how do they? Know, how do I know this? Okay. So what they'll here's what they'll do. Yeah. They'll go into prayer. And they'll say, God, I'm believing for a new car. Or God, right. I'm believing for my healing. healing right. Okay, that's not authority. That's just that's just faith at its lowest level because you're asking Jesus. You're just declaring what you want done. You're just declaring. Well, you're asking. Okay, you're asking. That's what they did with Jesus in the boat. They were asking Jesus. You see, that's the lowest level of faith. This is why Jesus is like, well, where is your faith? In other words, why didn't you take authority like I did? Okay, so you know where to go. If you need something, right, you go to Jesus. You go right. to Jesus because like, that's what they did. That's they, what they did. They woke him up. Yes, but not using their own authority that was within them. That was within them. Exactly. So they're expecting Jesus to use his. They want Jesus to use his, but they didn't even know Jesus was going to. That's why they were afraid and in awe, it, complete. They didn't realize, and Jesus is like, okay, so where's your faith? What he's saying is, really, where's that authoritative faith that I've given you? Right. The authoritative faith that you could have used. I've given you that. How do I know? Go back to Genesis chapter 1. It says that he gave us dominion and power. Over, right. Well, that word dominion means authoritative. Authoritative. Right, right, it's right. an authoritative voice of faith to tell even the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the animals and all the creeping things over the face of the earth. He gave us that authority. Right. When Jesus came back, he restored that authority because we lost it. Right. Now we have that authority to tell certain things. Stop. Right. Why do you think he says, I give you the power? That word power is authority. Right. To trample on serpents Snake and scorpions, scorpions and over all the power, power of the, the enemy. enemy. He didn't say, hey, when you see demons, definitely come to me and I'll take care of it. Right. No, he says, I give you the power. Yes. People don't understand that authority is the highest level of faith. faith. That means not only do you believe in what Jesus will do through you, mm -hmm. you begin to speak it verbally. And this understanding this will help us launch out. It'll help you launch out because you cannot go into any ministry endeavor. You should never start a business. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do anything mm -hmm. that God's going to put you in the boat mm -hmm. where you don't take that authority and you right. tell certain elements, mm -hmm. line up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been certain things that, that Satan has done in this ministry and certain things. I don't go ask Jesus, Jesus, help take this devil away. Right. I tell that devil, you stop. Right. You don't have authority here. I do. Amen. I have authority over you, and I command you in Jesus' name. You get your ugly grips off this, you Amen. demon of perversion. You yes. I don't, Amen. I talk to that devil myself because I know that when I talk, I'm talking through the power of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, because God gave that to me. Exactly. And you see there's an underlying issue. It isn't the problem or isn't the uh, symptom. There yes. is a problem, and yes. the problem is Satan. 
it's Satan. And I need to take action. There it is. And that there action is. is through an authoritative voice. Remember, authority is always through your voice. voice. It's not through faith right. alone. Right, right, right. It's through authoritative faith. Because now I have the faith, and then I speak that faith forward. Yeah. I speak it. It's like commanding our pets. You know, when I see you with Moto, your cat. Yeah. Hey, no. When you, know, when you see him doing something, and he knows it. You're yeah. using the authority. It wouldn't be much authority if I said, hey, honey, could you tell the cat to leave? Right. That, that You know, could you tell the cat to do... That's silly. Right. I have the authority over that cat, too. Yes. She does, too. Yes. We tell that cat, move. Yeah. He, he doesn't run the house or rule the house. No. Uh-uh. And this is why this... By the way, this even works in parenting. Yes. A lot of times, a mother will wait till the father gets home before the kids get in trouble. Right. Oh, wait till I tell your dad. Okay, so that tells their kids you don't have no authority in exactly. the house. Exactly. Exactly. No, you have authority. Now, again, it, it, authority is... Whether it's in faith or whether it's just in leadership... But it's a confidence in knowing that I have this ability. power mm-hmm. or ability. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't use it to manipulate people, yes. it, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, uh, look, our our leadership in politics or whatever, mm-hmm. or boss, better yet, a boss, mm-hmm. he has authority. Yes, he does. Why? Because he can deny you certain things and mm-hmm. certain options, like a check, mm-hmm. by firing you if mm-hmm. he wants, because mm-hmm. he has the authority. authority. Um, but now when you put your faith with mm-hmm. that authority, mm-hmm. all kinds of things start lining up in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that I see very, very, very low key in the church, if ever at all used. Right. Very few people use authority. Most people walk in a certain level of faith. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your even your faith can increase. Right. So they work in a very low level of faith, and it's usually at the very lowest level. It's always asking Jesus. Mm. It's always asking Jesus. Again, you know where to go. Because you know where to go. And this is why if you go to James, James Jesus, James even said, he says, you have not because you ask not. Okay, mm. well, there's a certain level of faith that we have automatically. And right. James is talking about faith. Yeah. He says, the problem is the reason why you don't have some of these simple, small things is just simply because you don't ask. Mm-hmm. He says, but, he says, but the things that you ask for your own pleasures, for your selfish needs. Yes. He says, when you ask, you ask amiss. He says. There it is. He says, so a lot of times when you pray, you're not even asking in the right way. Mm -hmm. He says, because that's something that God doesn't matter. He said, look, there's just certain things that by faith, as you increase, they start coming to a greater level or at a greater level or or fast or however you want to say it. Right. But at a more experiential level. Uh, of power mm-hmm. but then the highest level is is when you can take that and it's mm-hmm. not just asking and believing for something right it's when you can speak to yes. it and that's revealed through authority and so very so, few people walk in that level of authority and this is where jesus was a little irritated because they understood what he was talking about yeah yeah you made a comment you said even in your best place difficulties happen yeah they were right where they're supposed to be yeah. And the situation they felt was life-threatening just came upon them. Jesus is not one of those kind that leads you to a place just to see how well you respond. Mm-hmm. He actually has a purpose and a plan for your life. It right. was formed in your, before you were even in your mother's womb. He knew it. Right. He formed it while you were in it, and he put it in your DNA, and then he gave you, and then that call reveals itself later on in your life. Right. He never puts you in a position just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. No, he actually has a purpose, but he just right. wants you to know that wow. even in the following of that purpose, wow. you're going to experience troubled times, trials along the way. And I think we saw that in 2020. 
Oh boy, we saw that in 2020. Yeah, we saw it on every aspect, on every level. We saw a situation that happened. What we what we read right now: the disciples in the boat, and a storm just hit. They weren't expecting it. Wow. And we, sometimes we feel like in 2020 that Jesus was asleep on us. Oh, very much so. We we felt like that Jesus was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And in reality, he was right there the whole time. Yes, but. Je- now, Jesus doesn't sleep on us, okay? This was the physical man. He was sleeping. He was tired. But the true nature of Jesus is, is that we're asking him to do things for us That's- that he wants us to begin to do because he gave it to us. Yes, yes, You know, yes. if mm-hmm. I keep out, so let's say it's going to cost me, uh, let's just say $300,000 to go buy a home. Let's say I had actually all the cash to the very dollar to buy that house outright with that cash. Yeah. It would be very silly for me to say, God, I'm believing for that cash. Mm -hmm. I'm believing for the money to buy this house. I'm believing for it. And then go get a loan. Right. Right. What? Right. You have the cash, but yet you're still needing a loan. That's kind of what we're doing with Jesus. We're like, Lord, I need your power. I need a loan on your power here. Right. Because rather than using the power that exists in me and that's the power and the presence of the holy spirit when i speak by authority mm-hmm. when i speak by authority and i initiate it by uh, with god's words mm-hmm. with god's word yeah that is god's word amen when i speak you know look for instance condemnation mm-hmm. you know how many i dealt with condemnation for many years so i yeah. can say this but now that i but but when i begin to understand mm-hmm. that god can't condemn people because he can't be condemned it just like it was a little light bulb that went off right. on me one day right and i remember dealing with so much condemnation all my life that i just said wait a second there is therefore now no condemnation for those mm-hmm. who are in christ Hallelujah. so i said that Hallelujah. and then what i did is i said condemnation you can no longer condemn me i didn't wait on jesus i can't for but you know how many people for years lord i'm tired of feeling condemned god please help me with this condemnation please help me with this guilt what did i do wrong god you know and it's all this conversation when in reality condemnation becomes a spirit Mm -hmm. i just had to talk to it and you know what? It went away in my life. It Amen. just went. After Amen. years of it, it just went. Right. Because I took an authoritative voice based off of the word of God. Yeah. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Mm. Well, why is there why is there no condemnation in Christ? Because we're in Christ Jesus. Because we're in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if I'm in Christ Jesus, he can't be condemned. You can't tell Jesus that he did wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. He won't be condemned by it. He yeah. will never be. You can't condemn him. So therefore, he can't condemn. So I spoke against that condemnation and it just started going. Wow. I didn't wait on Jesus to heal me from it. Wow. I spoke against it. Wow. That's authority. Amen. And walking in that authority. So again, kind of going back to that comment we just made right now, even in your best place, difficulties happen. It's speaking to it. Yeah, speak to it. And like I said, it, it'll go. Because you're going to have to learn to ride the waves. Yes. You're going to have to learn to walk through the tempest. Yes. You're going to have to learn to walk through the hurricane and the right. problems and other yeah, words yeah, of yeah. life. It's Life is messy. And if you're expecting it to be nice, clean, and in neat order, then you're setting yourself up for an emotional, physical, and spiritual failure. Yes. I love it. Towards the end of your message, you had said this. We've got to get in the boat and launch out. Search the Lord to figure this out. But here's a hint. It's by faith. Yes. You get in that boat and you know that good times are coming and bad times are. Exactly. In other words, but you don't have to look for for it. It'll come on its own. Amen. The disciples didn't know they were about to get into a storm, 
but it was coming, right. whether they liked it or not. My point is you don't go looking for it. You just pursue what you're supposed to pursue. Get to the other side. That's it. And keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You, you said this yeah. after you made that comment, Pastor. With all thing, with God, all things are possible. Yes. With God. Yes. Not apart from God. With God. Yes. All things are possible. And that's how you know you're going to make it. That's how you know you're going to get to the other side. That's how you know that even when the boat is rocking, you will not be rocked. Exactly. And you question this at the very end. What is the Lord telling you? Yeah. What is the Lord telling you? Yeah. I mean, to our listeners, what is the Lord telling you? There you go. Yeah, because if the Lord is giving you something specific in your heart, if he's giving you something that is worth pursuing, mm-hmm. if he's giving you something that's going to help multitudes of people into the kingdom, mm-hmm. if it's going to help families, if it's mm-hmm. going to help others in some way, maybe you're just a business person. You you just mm-hmm. know you're called to entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe it's just to be a good housewife or a good husband and right. to your family so and raise them right in the ways of righteousness. Whatever that is, don't ever think it doesn't come without its problems. Come on, Pastor. Just know that when it comes, that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Amen, and launch out. Don't be afraid to get married Come because of, you've seen more divorces than you've seen people tomorrow. last. Come on. Come on. They, they have nothing to do with your choices mm-hmm. on how to get through. And yes, the marriage will be rocked here and there. It yes. will be moved a little bit, but you will not fall out of that boat because mm-hmm. Jesus is with you. Uh, if you start out a no business endeavor and you just like Lord's put it on your heart to to create a business that yes. would even fund missionaries maybe or yes. or help your local church or help others in need or because you just want to do some other things with that money that Come God on, will Pastor. bless you, then don't be afraid of the business. Be afraid of not doing what God told yes. you to do. Yes. Launch out. Don't be afraid. And the truth is, is when you, but you only do it because God put it in your heart there and it he is. told you. There it is. Don't do anything he didn't tell you. There it you is. You do it because he told you. There it is. I love what you said here too. If we live from yesterday's experience, we will never leave the shore. We'll never leave the shore. That's why I say all the time, you know how many people are not getting married till they're in their late 20s and early 30s? Unheard of. It's unheard of. Used to, you would marry your high school sweetheart uh, at one time. You don't hear that at all, Pastor. You don't hear that anymore. No. And there's a reason why. Mm Mm-hmm. The reason why is because we've seen nothing but devastation. Our aunts and our uncles, our moms and our dads, our Those, grandparents, yeah. they are all on their second, third yes. marriages. Those bad experiences. Bad experience. They even see that even the boyfriend-girlfriend relationships not lasting or not doing well. Everybody's relationships fell around them. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, it's unfortunate. They probably weren't listening to God either. Mm. They probably didn't do what was right to begin with. I would put 99.9% of mm-hmm. them weren't doing what was mm-hmm. right. They probably weren't really serving the Lord. Yeah. The difference between you and them is this, mm-hmm. is that you know something they don't. And you're going to choose to do something they chose not to do. Right. And therefore, you're going to live for somebody they didn't choose to live for, and that's there Jesus. Plain and simple. When you live for Jesus, all kinds of good things happen and all kinds of things get fixed. Look, I've seen nothing but divorces in my family. And you're married. I've seen fighting. And I've been married 26 years. You cannot tell me that it doesn't work. I love it because you're not living through the experience, those bad experiences of your parents. That's right. You live in the experience where the Word of God tells you the possibility it can be. That's very much so. And this is why we got to launch because, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we've heard the old cliche you know, uh, they, they just won't pull the trigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically what that means is is that somebody has the, the that proverbial gun in their hand. In other words, they have that proverbial, op- they have that, in other words, that opportunity 
to do something. Mm-hmm. But because of the fears, yes. because of the doubts, because of the questions that they can't seem to answer, yeah. they won't quite pull that trigger and just yeah. go for it. I love it. Here in Romans 5.1, Pastor, it says, Faith puts us in a right relationship with God. Faith That's exactly right. puts us in a right relationship with God. That's Romans 5.1. The reason faith puts you in a right relationship with God is because you're relying on the very person that it's going to take in order to get the job done. There it is. You, so it puts you in a right relationship. If You know that you don't have a, rela- a great relationship Come on. when you don't have faith in him. Exactly. You feel afraid, but you know what? You trust God. Right. You, you have doubt, but you trust God. You're, not, you're uncertain of this one situation, but your trust is in God. Yes. Look, it takes faith to be saved. Why? Because you trusted him with your life and you're saying, God, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. Well, that takes faith to Come put on. your life in his hands. Come on, Pastor. But a lot of times it stops there. Now, what about the faith to be able to move things in this world? Right. Like healing, Come on. A deliverance, yes, emotional healing. Right. What, what about the words that you're going to need? Like a lot of our conversation here. Mm-hmm. I walk into these conversations here on these podcasts by mm-hmm. faith. Yes. I don't have notes. Yes. I have a Bible next to me. I have yeah. my computer open. But, but how often do I use it? You do not know the topic. I don't know even know the topic until you I say. surprise you. I walk in by faith yeah. saying, okay, God, you're going to give me exactly what's needed to be said. So that Come way on. the listener is going to receive something yes. that is extremely important yes. for their life. Come on, Pastor. And does he not do it every week? Yes, he does. Of course he does. Yes. Now, like I say, I'm not the most prolific speaker. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... The, the valuable stuff that's said is still important for a lot of people. Yeah, and the content and the words that have been spoken right now, there's healing, there's power, and there's authority. Mm-hmm. And there's deliverance, by the way. Yeah, there is. And that's why I say everything is done by faith. When yes. I wake up, I, I I wake up in faith. Yes. I tell people the the greatest faith that a, a man or a woman can experience is when they walk away from their house to go to work. Yes. And I had somebody, I, I've had people scratch their head when I say that. And the reason is because, look, do you realize how much faith it takes to be able to go to work mm-hmm. and trust that your home is okay while it's gone? That's right. Your wife is at home. And with the ugliness of this world, anything oh, could happen. Man. You know, I mean, the chances are slim. Okay, if we go by the odds, yeah. I mean, right. What's the chances of my one home being messed up? Right. It doesn't matter. I know that she's going to go out on the town, maybe go yeah. grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I know that she's got some other th- kids to pick up. I know that she's got other things to do in this world besides. Right. And I know that as the man, I'm called to protect her. Yeah. Well, I can't protect her if I'm at work, right? right. Now, my life is a little different, but I'm talking for right. the normal everyday man and woman who and leaves their house to go to work. That leaves their house to go to work. You have to live by faith. It takes a lot of faith for me to say, God, she is in your hands, my children in your hands mm-hmm. while I'm away from them physically. That's right. That's why I say the greatest, the greatest, the greatest leap of faith is to walk out that door, knowing that everything else is taken care of the moment you leave. Mm-hmm. This is why even me, even though my life is a little different than normal people, I don't really walk away from my yeah. family too much because because of ministry I can do everything at home. But yeah. but for the most part, every day I still apply the blood of Jesus because I know that the blood of Jesus that sanctified, saved me, redeemed me, healed me. Come on, my pastor. Delivered me. Come on. I can go on and on. Save me. Yes. All of that the blood did for me, it's still the same blood that Come washes on. me white as snow. It's still the same blood Come that re, that, that, that uh, cleanses me today. Yes. That, that allows repentance and forgiveness. But most of all, it gives me divine protection. Yeah. And it still gives me divine provision. Yes. And so every day I get up, yes. first thing I do is I say, Lord, right now I just mm. apply your precious blood. Yeah. I, I don't I don't plead the blood like right. a lot of old time. I apply it. Yes. And people, let me explain why. Mm-hmm. In the old time church, uh, it was very common for churches to plead the blood. Mm-hmm. 
Well, pleading is a form of begging. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, pleading, pleading is actually a form of begging. I didn't even and, think about that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're begging for something that Jesus already gave. Right. So we don't need to plead. That means that we're not believing that he really gave it to us. Right. No, in reality, he gave it to you. Now you just need to apply it. Like mm-hmm. they did over the doorposts uh, yeah. when the death angel flew over all of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And took the firstborn son of every person. By the way, he was going to take it even of the Hebrew people. Mm-hmm. But the God told the Hebrew people to keep your firstborn children from dying. Mm-hmm. Apply the blood over your doorposts. Right. See, the blood protects us. Mm-hmm. But it also provides for Amen. us. Amen. So I apply that blood over my spirit, soul, and body. Yes. And my mind, will, and emotions. Amen. That I will be successful today. Yes. And that... Uh, and, and that in everything that, that that no matter what Satan might do or the world might say, yeah, I am protected and provided for, protected from them, and I'm provided by God over it. Amen. For it. So, listener, you got some wonderful keys right there. What to do over your body and over your family? Yes, and over your finances and over your home. And by the way, I took authority. There I didn't ask God. I applied it. There it is. Because I already know Jesus did it at the cross. There it so is. I don't have to I don't have to ask for something that he already done. Amen. It's his will that I live according to the blood of Jesus. Amen. I love it, Pastor. In conclusion, my pastor, would you mind praying for our listeners who could be struggling with understanding what you're talking about? Or they just need that encouragement to yeah, launch out right for now. For sure. Let's do it. Lord Jesus, I just pray, Father. I know that, God, that this life presents overwhelming odds against us Mm. at times. I know that, Lord, that the world tells us that we can't. I know that Satan tells us that that Mm. he's not going to allow it to happen. And a lot of times we listen to those voices. And it becomes our voice then. Mm -hmm. It becomes Mm -hmm. our words. Mm -hmm. But in reality, Lord, those are lies. Lord, what you say is true. Right. Your truth is what sets us free Come from on. the naysayers. Come on. From the negativity that Come God on. that that the world will tell us that uh, of what we can or can't do. Come Lord, on. the world doesn't get to lead us and neither does Satan. And Come so on. Lord, I pray that Father that everyone who knows that there's something special in their oh, life, yes, whether it's just being a school teacher, mm-hmm. whether it be a lawyer, a businessman, a husband or a wife that yes. raises good children or yes. helps in their communities yes. or, Lord, serves in a local church or has a great big vision to reach mm-hmm. the world or, mm-hmm. or, or their country or something, whatever yes. it may be, Lord, yes. you've given us all a vision of something. Yes, you have, Lord. And God, I pray for the boldness to launch mm, out. Come on. To launch out in unfamiliar territory. To launch out in territory that God, others are afraid to do. Yes. That, Lord, that you would give us the boldness. And once we get out there, Lord, no matter the trial, no matter the situation. Yes. That, Lord, that we learn that that's the greatest place yes. for us to, for our faith to be utilized and yes. to live. Yes. So that way we can walk in the authority of yes. Jesus. Come on. And, Lord, we can overcome all of the work of the enemy because, Lord, we've sat and we, we've sat in your presence mm. knowing that, God, there's nothing yeah. that's going to tip the boat. Come on. Oh, it there will it rock, <laughs> but it will not tip. Yes. And, Lord, because we we go out on this boat by faith. And I know yes. sometimes the most solid ground on earth isn't necessarily the ground that's mm-hmm. under our feet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even the water is solid yes. as long as we oh, live by thank, faith. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, we would not be afraid to launch out, yes. but that, Lord, that we would receive this word today. Yes. And we would go forward and we would move, Lord, with the mission and the vision that yes. you've placed upon our hearts. In yes. Jesus' mighty name, I pray for strength mm. over everyone that God knows that there's something special that Come God on. has given to them. Yes. And that, Lord, give them strength, give them peace, give them joy. And, Father, help them to learn yes. to weather the storms in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen.
Listener, we love you and God bless. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.